Hello friends and welcome to Mindfulness with Mikey, episode 6. Today on the show I have a very interesting interview with Dr. Becky Abkubchuk. She is the faculty advisor for the Mindfulness Club here at UConn and she shares with us how she has been staying mindful during these crazy times with social distancing and everybody being quarantined inside. And she walks us through a lot of ways that we can be mindful even during all the craziness going on and I'm excited to share that with all of you. Also, I wanted to say maybe if this podcast has impacted you in any way, if you've enjoyed what you have heard, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review or a rating or maybe even just subscribing or talking to a friend, that would mean a whole lot to me. One of the goals I have is to try to hopefully reach the Apple Podcasts new and noteworthy section to hopefully bring the message of mindfulness to a whole lot more people. That would mean a whole lot to me. I, I, and also to everyone who already has reached out with all your support, it means so much to me. It it can be weird to talk about mental health sometimes, but knowing that this has really impacted people and that people out there appreciate it, thank you so much for all of your kind words. It means a lot to me. I hope you guys are all very healthy and doing well. And so without further ado, here's my interview with Becky Abkovchuk. Alrighty, now I have on the phone Becky Abkovchuk. She is the Mindfulness Faculty Advisor here at UConn. So hi, Becky. Would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do at UConn? Sure. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I went to UConn to get my PhD in physiology and neurobiology. Um, and then after I completed that, I have been working in INCHIP um, on a program that is mainly focused on health behavior change. Um, and I, my research program in particular focuses on mindfulness and yoga and looking at the health benefits, both the mental and physical health benefits of yoga and meditation. That's awesome. And how did, so how did you first get involved uh, in mindfulness or become interested in this? Sure. Yeah. So I think it kind of stems back for, I was a, a gymnast my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Cornell University. I was on the gymnastics team there. And I really saw how much, uh, you know, in a sport like gymnastics, when you're doing these tricks on a balance beam and things like that, you know, you really get a sense of how much the mind plays a role in in your success or your failures. Uh, so that that's really where I started to gain an interest in that. Uh, I was also studying psychology at Cornell and I loved the, just this whole idea of, wow, like how we perceive the world is largely influenced by our own thoughts um, and our own kind of constructs about the world. And, and we have some influence over that, you know, it's not permanent necessarily, you know, that we, we are able to change that a bit if if we choose so that's where I got interested and and then after graduating college and no longer having gymnastics which was always a huge part of my life is when I got into doing yoga and yoga really helped me get into meditation a little bit deeper because I think you know working with the body and the poses and getting out kind of all of the energy a little bit then after I was able to sit in stillness a little bit easier after after doing the physical part of it. I think that idea that mindfulness is something that like can be practiced that how things are and how you see things largely is impacted by your thoughts and I think like there are a lot of cool 
like tips and kind of tools or little things you could learn to help change your thoughts or just at least bring awareness to maybe when you're going down negative thought spirals? How does mindfulness kind of play in your life? Yeah, so for me, I I think of like the very beginning of the day and the very end of the day as almost like a precious time, you know, like, oh, we're just waking up in the morning. It's so easy to just reach for your phone <laughs> and go straight to the news, yep. especially right now. And when I do that, it, I know I'm not setting myself up for a good day right there. So, like, I really try to honor the beginning of the day when I first wake up and go, like, kind of create these routines for myself And I think structure, like creating some sense of structure right now is so important for ourselves because we've just had like the rug pulled out from underneath us, right? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's locked away at home. Yeah. It's so different. So, so creating some structure is important and then really, you know, honoring what, what makes you feel good in the morning. You know, for me, I brush my teeth and wash my face and then I get a glass of water. I, I scrape my tongue from Ayurvedic medicine. I don't know. Are you familiar with that? The tongue scraping thing? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so in the morning, like you take a, like, I just use a spoon and like scrape the back of my tongue and then you're like, oh, I feel so cleansed. Interesting. I'll have to try that. Yeah. And then and then I go and do some stretches, do a little yoga and and then sit, maybe journal for a few minutes. Not like a huge amount of time, but just, you know, some days more than others. Um, but just kind of really creating that that precious time in the morning to set the stage for the day. And then and then kind of doing that in reverse at the end of the day too. you know, turning the phone off, taking care of the bathroom routine and then doing some stretches. And then I I always do sit in meditation for for a few minutes. You know, sometimes it's only a couple minutes. Sometimes it's longer. Um, And then reading or journaling before bed. Uh, and then I notice when, when I hold myself accountable to that routine, I will definitely have like a better night's sleep. Um, but then throughout the day, you know, trying to weave the mindfulness into the activities that I do, like, oh my gosh, do you feel like getting out in nature is so important right now? Oh yeah. And whenever being out, I'm outside, I feel better, but especially practicing social distancing, like alone in my house, like, or with my family, it's nice to just go uh, go go on a walk with the woods in the woods with my dog or just try to get some fresh air yeah yeah so I feel like and it's it's almost like with this slowing down that we have right now it's like wow we could actually practice this mindfulness thing for real right like to practice gratitude even when we're outside in nature and pay attention to the sounds of the birds that are all kind of waking up and coming back this time of year and just have the time to to pay attention to what's right in front of us where normally we're we're just so busy and moving so quickly i think that's a great point i think this is can we really be a a change for the better I think and people like people can stop obviously things are scary right now but people can kind of stop and think about what they do during the day like how things make them feel like how being outside makes them feel how different routines or lack of routines that this can be an awesome and impactful time to increase the awareness of mindfulness I feel like around for people especially with college kids college kids are always busy doing like 101 things at all times and 
now with just online classes, there's so much extra time without clubs and organizations and stuff. And I think that it can be very anxiety producing. I'm sure it is. I'm sure even people who don't normally feel anxiety um, are struggling with anxiety now. Yeah. But yeah. With all that, with all that extra time, I think setting schedule uh, or just finding, you know, going outside, things like that are so incredible. Are there other things like that that you like to get involved with or anything? Yeah. So even just, you know, around mealtime, I'm finding myself like enjoying preparing meals more now than I ever have before. <laughs> um, you know, normally I'm like, I come home from work, I have three kids. So I'm like, oh, I got to get dinner on the table and then get them to their sports. And it's just more like cram in the mealtime as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And now to have time to make a nice meal, to sit down together and to appreciating having food in the house because really it's like well that's that's so precious that we actually do have food right now mm-hmm. to cook even though we are kind of you know trying to use things out of the cabinets but just having a, a deeper appreciation for what we do have um I'm just I'm just trying to be conscious to tune into that over and over because I think it is so easy to slip into these feelings of anxiety and boredom and loneliness, right? And that we have to kind of consciously do things to help ourselves, um, you know, not slip into those traps. Or when we do, maybe, maybe that's what we're feeling at the moment, you know, that like maybe we are feeling really sad about, not having something that we were planning to do, right? And I think, like, honoring those emotions, like, I think, like, sadness is, like, that's an indication that you experienced a loss, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people that it's, like, you know, you're losing out on this experience of college right now all together with your friends, like, that is a loss. And to let yourself feel that and almost, like, mourn for that a little bit, Right? Um, like that idea of mindfulness of letting yourself experience what is like, that's kind of what I boil it down to a lot of times is like being with what is. (laughs) Um, So maybe it is just feeling that sense of loss right now, but knowing that emotions are like waves, right? They come and then they go. But if we let, if we let ourselves experience them in their fullness, then they're eventually going to pass and we'll get through them. So I think that that kind of mindset of, acceptance is super important right now to just kind of accept where we are and accept that we're going to, we're going to feel lonely, but then, you know, what could we do about it? Right. Um, I mean, I know for me, like, I don't know if you've done any of this with your friends, like, have you FaceTimed any of your friends or done any online chatting with people? Yeah, I've done that with some of the, uh, one of the organizations from school and then also just with friends just to like, I don't know, usually not a big FaceTime fan, but it's just nice seeing other human faces now, I feel like at this point is what we've come to. Yeah, I feel like it's totally shifting our relationship with technology. Um, you know, I've, I'm I'm not a supporter of technology in general, usually, you know, I'm like, uh, give me the real life version, uh-huh. please. Yeah. But <laughs> right now, like, wow. I, I just hung out with the whole group of eight of my friends the other night and we, you know, had some wine together over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of people doing stuff like that. 
Yeah, which is something I never would have thought to do in the past. But we all felt really good after to just kind of connect with each other. And I think, you know, feeling those shared experiences and knowing like what does, I, I guess like to tie this into mindfulness, it's kind of like having an awareness of what does make us feel better. And, and, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm feeling a little bit bored and lonely and cooped up, you know, yeah. and missing my friends. And when just having that, like, like, I know that that made me feel better. Right. And, and now we're going to try to continue doing stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I guess I, one thing that might be worth sharing is like this model that I'm developing with a clinical psychologist and it's a model of a balance between self-compassion and accountability as a way to manage changing times, whether that could be like trying to, we were thinking about this more in terms of health behavior change and things like that. If we're trying to, you know, get healthier and eat healthier or exercise more, you know, if we could hold ourselves accountable for that, but then also be compassionate about ourselves when we slip up like that, that, that balance could really help if you are trying to start, you know, eating healthier or exercising more or whatever your health habit would be. But I could see how like that kind of model might be helpful to think about right now for people, like in terms of, you know, just managing change, just managing coping with the situation that we're in right now, that we still have to hold ourselves accountable. But we do that like with a sense of being really kind to ourselves because it's so easy to slip into judgment. Like I'm so lazy because I watch Netflix all day. Like I suck, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of negative. And so then you feel really bad about yourself. And then what do you do? You just go watch more Netflix, right? Yeah, it just becomes like a downward spiral. I think the idea of a model is incredible because that balance is. I feel like if you if you can find that balance, that could allow you to like live your life to the fullest and really really enjoy everything that's going on. But it is, it is difficult to, to establish it. Like sometimes, like okay, I, I I'm feeling sad right now. I want to acknowledge, how I'm feeling because. Feelings are feelings are morally neutral. They're not good. They're not bad. They uh -huh. they are. It's your kind of your perception that you bring to them. I think so. Finding that balance is having a model to do that. I think would could be so empowering empowering to kids just to like help know like hey sometimes you feel like this and that's okay, but sometimes there are things that we need to get done. And if you just kick yourself while you're down like oh I'm just watching Netflix I suck now I'm gonna watch more Netflix well now you're just making yourself feel guilty about feeling guilty, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just a downward spiral that really no one wants to go down, I feel like. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, so that's why, like, that idea of, of being kind to yourself and not, not judging yourself sh so harshly is, like, really, right now, we all really do need to give ourselves a little bit of a break, you know, <laughs> right, of, like, holy crap, I am dealing with something that, nobody in the last hundred years has had to deal with right yeah this is i've i've been talking to a lot of people and i struggle with anxiety from time to time i imagine people who are struggling with mental health and stuff struggle with anxiety but even people who don't struggle with these things normally who don't struggle with anxiety are feeling a ton of anxiety right now 
So I think for people to know, like, hey, it's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's... It, things are crazy. <laughs> things are insane right now. Yeah. Yeah, one one way of looking at anxiety that, that I think could be helpful maybe sometimes is to think about anxiety as um, really the uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. And not being okay with the uncertainty, right? That we're, if, when we're, and we're in a spot right now that we are so uncertain about the future, right? But if we could practice saying like, you know what? I'm certain about right now, this moment. And there is like being certain about the future is really impossible. It's like an illusion. Like we can never really be certain about the future anyways, and not try to latch on to that need to feel certain about the future or catch ourselves when we're like, like, well, what if this, what if that, you know what I mean? Like when all those, like, what if thoughts are coming in, be like, bring it back to the present, back to the mindfulness thing of like, right now I'm sitting here, I have a cup of tea. I'm sitting in a chair. I'm looking out the window. I'm taking a deep breath, you know, to, to bring yourself back to the present moment. And that's when those tools of like the breathing techniques, all the focusing on the inside of the body and the sensations of the body could really, really help ground in the present moment because just the way how the brain works, like there's these thought processes that can kind of spin and spin and spin about the future. But then there's this whole other set of brain processing about experiencing the sensations in your own body right now and those can't really work at the same time like if we're almost we have to kind of like flip onto another network to focus on the breathing so in essence we're kind of switching gears right in the mind by focusing on the present moment and that could kind of help get us out of those those negative thought pattern cycles and all that that kind of feeds the anxieties yeah, I love that what you say about what if statements too. I know, <clears throat> I know I've become aware of it that I do it from time to time. And just what if one bad thing happens? What if one bad thing happens? And then you find yourself thinking about this, this thing that may or may not probably won't even happen. And you've just made yourself probably feel bad about it. But in reality, we have no control at all over the future. We have control over like this present moment, and we can focus on this present moment. I try to think of and what we can do in this moment to make myself maybe feel better now. Make my self probably feel better tomorrow just trying to take control over what you have control over and then letting go of things that you just have absolutely no control over i mean i i try to start a podcast and i have this awesome studio and then the whole world shuts down due to coronavirus and that is (laughs) i'm sure like you know and there are tons of people out there who have way worse and more serious things that are going on but just you you can't things are crazy things happen you know you know, I love looking at all of this, honestly, as like an opportunity for growth, right? And like look at in using your example, right now you're looking on how to grow that podcast thing remotely. And there are just so many opportunities for growth right now. And growth doesn't necessarily mean like the way it was before was wrong or bad or anything. It just implies you know, just growth. That's it. You know, new opportunities to try things different ways and maybe even having a little bit more time and space right now to connect with what really is important to us. 
yeah, with all yeah. this new time, it's. I know I've been hanging out with my siblings a lot more, which has been feeling good. And also, there's so much, so much more time. I feel like to find hobbies or kind of explore things that I haven't had time to explore. That if all this had not been going on, I would not have been able to have all this extra time to explore new things. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's, oh, I feel like a lot of people that there are so many things that while this is a very scary time, I want to like maybe make this like a or an awakening time instead of an apocalypse like an awakening mm -hmm. of you know how people are feeling and what like how they're just awareness of what they're doing yeah it is it is an absolute amazing opportunity for an awakening to what's important what direction do you want to grow in and um you know just a, I, I love the idea of of those i don't know if you saw those graphs about how the the, the changing of the pollution in China with all the factories being closed down and just that, that idea that like global managing global warming, like this is showing us how drastic changes can have an impact and kind of showing us in a way that we never would have thought we could make such drastic changes, but wow, look at, we can, if we really had to and what kind of impact that might have. I love that. Yeah, exactly. The, the coal, production in china has gone down so bon i've seen a lot less fossil fuels and i've seen like in venice the the rivers are clearing up and like fish are returning it's like the earth almost has a chance to breathe while all of us kind of take a second to to slow down yeah yeah but i think you know the point you were saying like about like observe like a you know we use in mindfulness that term of like becoming the observer mm -hmm. like observing our own thoughts observing our own emotions and and that, like, as a tool right there of, like, practicing becoming the observer, like, a fun way to think about that is being, like, this is, like, your own science experiment, right? <laughs> like, basically, your life right now is a science experiment. And and by becoming the observer, that allows you to step out of it a little bit as opposed to being consumed by it, you know, to, again, getting in those, like, negative spirals that you just kind of feel like you're looped in and can never get out of, but, mm -hmm. like, kind of stepping back and be like, oh, isn't that interesting that I'm thinking all of these anxious thoughts right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that that creates a level of separation, that you're no longer in those anxious thoughts, you know, sure, maybe you're still having them, but if you could observe them, you could create that little bit of separation, and I think that's really powerful. I don't know. Does that ever work for you? Oh, most definitely. And <clears throat> I guess before I kind of knew what the word mindfulness was, I had had discussions with my therapist about the idea of just getting out of that moment, I would call it. And mm -hmm. when something would be going on, if emotions would flare, I would try to just get out of that moment and just think about that moment, which is, I think, exactly what you're saying, being an observer of, of the situation. I, another way I like to think of it is if you like can observe, if you can think of, okay, my life's an experiment or... I like to think of it as your life is your story. It's your book. It's your movie. You are the hero of your story. You're the hero. So what, what would the hero of your story do? What would, what would the person that you root for do? You know, what would, what would that person do? Okay. Now what will you do? Mm, that is beautiful. I love that. I love that to be the hero of your own story. And it's really like that. That's really the basis of, of it all really because it's the stories that we tell ourselves that really shape our reality too right 
Most, and yeah, most definitely. To tell the story of yourself as your own, the hero of your story is just such a beautiful perspective to take. I kind of got into that because I took a gap year last year. I came home from school in D.C. and it was really difficult. And there were times where I kind of felt like, you know, this is rock bottom. So that was my mindset. That was my frame. Like, this is rock bottom. But I, one of my friends uh, shared with me, Joseph Campbell, his uh, cycle of the hero, the story of the hero. And it's, it's kind of like this archetypal pattern that goes through all these different mythology, mythology stories or different hero stories or just religion stories of all these different heroes all throughout time and how they really go through these really similar cycles. And so the way I began to reframe my mind was, okay, I'm the hero of my story. I'm not at rock bottom. I'm just at this point on the cycle. You know, I'm the belly of the whale. I'm in the, you know, the, the underworld, <laughs> it, depending on like, whatever story it is. Like, this is where I'm at. This is what's going to happen next. This is what I have to do to to get on top. And I think just changing my frame from, up, uh, you know, this sucks. This is like rock bottom to, no, I'm at this point and I got to get to this point. This is what, this is what I got to do. I think that really helps motivate me and just, it all really started with mindfulness and being an observer of my situation and deciding, I, I want to change my situation. Like what, but to figure out, I'm an engineer, so I, you know, I'm big into problem solving. So if I had these problems. Well, the first thing you do when you have a problem is you write down what you know. Like, what do I know? You're being mindful. Okay, what, how do I feel? What's making me feel this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you heard of the drama triangle? Do you know what that is? I have not. Okay, so like if you were to draw a triangle on a piece of paper right now, and in one corner is the victim, one is the perpetrator, and one is the rescuer. Those are like the three roles Mm -hmm. that we kind of bounce around in when we're like in just kind of the drama of our lives. And if you think of like every Disney movie, like those are the three main characters of every Disney movie, right? (laughs) Like the villain is the perpetrator. And then the, the, um, the victim would be, you know, the damsel in distress. And then the hero would be the prince that saves the day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you think about Shrek, it can't be any clearer than the uh, ogre (laughs) going to rescue uh, a damsel in distress from a dragon like that. That gets as pretty clear as it gets. Yeah, so the, the idea with the drama triangle is to, like, recognize when you're playing one of those roles, and we all tend to play one role more than the others, but we do bounce around between those roles, especially with our interactions with different people and at different times. But but to, to catch ourselves, so again, go back to the observer, to observe when we're playing one of those drama roles, like, just say, being the victim of feeling like at rock bottom like what you were just talking about before you know like if you were just if you were having this victim mentality there you know looking for someone to blame it on or looking for someone else to save you like that would not be serving your situation as opposed to the way how you handled it right do you see what I mean about that how catching that idea of being a victim could be helpful yeah yeah yeah. just like it's it's the awareness of the of whatever's making you feel bad i feel like i mean feeling like a victim is it sucks you don't want to feel yeah. like that but if you can just be aware of it first in a non-critical way in a non-judgmental way not kicking yourself down because you've realized it but just realizing okay yes right. yeah 
exactly just be like oh yeah i'm just playing the victim role right now oh okay i get it yeah i gotta just you know try something you know try something different right yeah adjust something you know (laughs) yeah but just knowing those are roles that everyone plays right that we all do that that we all fall into that like i think it's like appreciating the the common nality of all of these ruts that we're all falling into that we're not alone like all of these things this is human nature to get sucked into those roles it's human nature to feel anxious and fearful um you know all this stuff is human nature so we could let ourselves off the hook for feeling this way but then we could still do something about it so i i mean every single person i've ever met feels these things from time to time and i almost most of the people i've met i feel like they feel like it's only them you know if Mm -hmm. or i if it's happened to me it feels like it's only me but I think one of the things that also really helps me feel better is like when someone else would be like, oh, I, you know, I've thought this before. I've done this. It's like, oh, damn, I, oh, I've thought that before, too. It's like, all right, well, it's not just me. Other people are, you know, it's, it's universal. It really is. Absolutely. And that's why I feel like having, I was actually talking to a, um, a student that works in my lab that's an RA on campus right now, although he's not on campus anymore. Um, But I was encouraging him to set up like a little Facebook uh, or FaceTime meeting with the people on his floor to still give them a chance to maybe get together once a week because he was telling me how much, you know, a lot of their coping mechanisms was just being able to vent to each other in the lounge, right? And, And sharing those common experiences and how much right now we really need that, you know, to be able to just hear, hear how each other is perceiving and going through this and knowing that we are not alone because right now we feel alone because we're isolated right but i think that feeling those connections between each other could really 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 be important right now yeah and it's interesting because i like your model earlier and finding that balance i feel like we also need to find that balance with like technology because, mm-hmm. like, I like what you said in the morning. I'm going to try that because I know I can be guilty. I'll just wake up and I'll just, you know, go on Instagram or something and just be scrolling through and just wasting my morning. And then <laughs> it's like, all right, well, this and I did, this make me feel any better. What am I doing? But at the same yeah. time, I can be using these at other times to, like, connect with you or to connect with people from school or mm-hmm. others. So Yeah, and really with technology, I think it's exactly like what you're saying, like, observing what how is technology helpful and you know use enabling us to cope more and how how is it not right like you know certain uses of it i mean i know i feel like crap when i sit there and read through the news right now (laughs) and you know read through all these things that people are saying on on facebook you know for me being older i use facebook (laughs) but uh, that it's it gives me a little bit of a feeling of connection but not really not really it's what really helped me feel connected is is talking to people on the phone or through FaceTime, um, but not not typing to people or reading what other people have typed. That doesn't really help me personally feel better. I well, I agree with that, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, uh, there's something about the the real life aspect again. You know, even if it is through <laughs> technology. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're right. Just re- reaching out to people too. You know, thinking like, oh you know, it's okay to reach out to people, that that's important for people to to follow through with right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, 
Because, I mean, we are really all going through this together. In a way, it's almost, like, profound in the sense that, like, uh, have you ever heard of those studies about where they talk about um, they've measured something or other? I'm not quite sure. Might have to look this one up. (laughs) um, Like, after 9-11, there was something that it could measure about how there's almost, like, this, like, global consciousness of unity after an event like that. Um and like right now with like the whole world going through all of this together that there's just like if you think of like everybody's mind having a power and maybe we have the tools to measure this maybe we don't so maybe some of this stuff is seems a little fictitious right now but just imagine if we really had the tools to measure like the global consciousness of the earth you know of all the people on the earth that like there is like so much unity in that right now and there's so much compassion that's being sent out right now too of you know people hoping that other people are are doing okay and wishing for the health of of everyone else and knowing that everyone really just wants to be healthy and at peace and that like we all really share these commonalities like I think that that's 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 really amazing because normally we're all going in a thousand different directions and like it's to me that's just kind of really neat to think about yeah i think i think it is like you know it's like an awakening i feel like people are really kind of because we all we all in this together like even even young people like we're we're the ones who really have to stay inside and stay home because we're the ones who can spread it without knowing and like our our family members people in our communities like everyone's really depending upon each other to get through this and not overwhelm the hospitals and the healthcare system and just get through it. Like flatten the curve, I think is what the common phrase going around. Just not like we all, we're all in this together. And now that it's been like, I mean, some of the news I've seen is just everywhere. People are making sacrifices or doing so many other things or all the food workers who are working or the people delivering or grocery store workers, how all these people are like these unsung heroes and there's so many of them out there, and we all have, like, a part to play in it. Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, a lot of times when people are feeling, like, really helpless and hopeless, um, really feeling down, and when you get into that place where you're just totally stuck in that and you don't know what to do to help yourself, something that has been proven by science to be helpful for that is to do something to help somebody else. And then that actually helps you feel better when you could do something to help somebody else. And, and that could be small, you know, that could be some small thing. But if you're kind of dedicating your energy to help somebody else, that could really help you feel better. Most definitely. And, and also, I want to tap onto that. I remember one time I was having a conversation with a friend and I was saying like, I was like, I feel guilty when I, like whenever I help someone, then I feel good. Like, I feel like I'm doing it for selfish reasons. Like, mm. And just like, friend was like think of like what that sounds like dude you like to do good things for good people and then it makes you feel good yeah well i'd be more surprised if it didn't make you feel good like i think people need to have like that kind of i don't know at least i needed to hear that so i hope maybe someone else yeah. needs to hear that oh, like, I'm so glad that your friends put you in your place for that <laughs> yeah you're not selfish if you enjoy doing good things like that's okay that's it it makes sense all right <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And if, if even if your motivation is I'm going to help this other one, this other person, because I know it's going to make me feel better. That's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing Great. wrong with that. 
my friend, that's a win-win right there sometimes <laughs> i feel like you gotta just view yourself as you know your friend or you like what would what would you say if your friend thought that you know because i think yeah. a lot more times we could be more compassionate with our friends than maybe with ourselves absolutely absolutely yeah I, I use that when I'm teaching mindfulness classes a lot of times you know I'm like would you ever talk to your friends the way that you talk to yourself you know that you're like oh you know you stupid idiot why are you doing that again and right we wouldn't we would not say that to our teammates or to our best friends yeah, not at all Becky thank you so much for speaking with me this is this has been so much fun it's been oh, nice yeah, to I speak with another cool. human being Yes, right? <laughs> you know, it, this has even made me think about, like, time and space a little differently because people are going to be listening to this podcast and, like, they're going to be with us for this conversation. Yeah. That's a different time and it's a different space, but it's still it's still a connection. That's one thing I absolutely love about podcasts is that it's very on your own terms. You can listen to it whenever, like, however you want. And especially this being kind of like a mental health podcast, I... I I understand that there's probably a lot of people out there who are probably afraid to openly admit like, Hey, I, you know, I think I struggle with mental health sometimes or kind of maybe afraid to seek help. So like a podcast, like no one has to know you're listening to a mental health podcast. You can just put your earphones in, tune in and hopefully hear some helpful things. And I, I think you've shared so many helpful things. So I'm very appreciative yeah. to that. Thank you. Well, thank you. I think you're doing a great service to the students to, to make this. So. Thank you. All right, have a, have a great day, and I hope you stay healthy and well. You as well, and everybody else as well. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes my interview with Becky Abkovchuk. Becky, thank you so much for speaking with me. I had such a great time talking to you, and I believe I learned a whole lot. I began to change up my start of day and end of day routines just to help me ease my way out of sleep and ease my way back into sleep a little better and so I hope you guys at home could maybe apply some of Becky's lessons or some of Scarlett lessons from the week before or if you go back to the David Weissman interviews he had a lot of great lessons too I hope that you guys can use these to kind of create a mental toolkit on how to stay more mindful how to take care of your mental health and to live a peaceful but joyful life you know so I recently created a Facebook page to help promote this podcast, so if you are on Facebook, please like my page, it's Mindfulness with Mikey, or if you're on Instagram, please check out my Instagram page, Mikey Mindfulness. I will be now on both platforms promoting when shows are coming out, who I'll be speaking with, as well as posting links and resources to some of the things that we were discussing in my shows, so I will have some of the links that... Becky sent me some meditation practices she has, and I will put those up on the Facebook page, and I will also post links to those on Instagram, so go there to check those out. I hope you all are doing well. I know things are stressful right now. People who don't normally have anxiety are having anxiety right now with all that's going on in the world, so just know that your anxiety is valid and that you're not alone. A lot of other people are scared, and that's okay, you know, but we're hanging in there. We're tough, and I hope that Hopefully, th hopefully these interviews can help cheer you up or just help you feel more empowered when crazy stuff comes our way. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. And I will let the song Butter Rum by my good friends Goose take you guys on home. So have a great week, everybody.
sweet island Marvin Hey Bottom My sweet island Marvin the rum.